Who Rules the World? A new podcast by European Union youth delegates Lucia and Nadia on SoundCloud and other platforms. I am Lucia. And I'm Nadia. In Who Rules the World podcast, we will talk about the European Union and United Nations and all the burning world issues that our generation will have to face when our time comes to rule the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Who Rules the World podcast. So my name is Nadia Gulistrop, and I'm here with my co-host, Lucia Kaneluti, and we are the two EU youth delegates to the UN. And we're really excited to have Jessica Mashama with us here today. So for this episode, we're going to talk about creating decent jobs and what is needed to reduce inequalities across the world. And the reason why this is the topic of this episode is because uh, here in the beginning of February, the Commission of Social Development is taking place. And since the World Summit for Social Development in Copenhagen took place in 1995, the Commission for Social Development has been happening. And it was established by the Economic and Social Council. And therefore, it is great to discuss this today. And of course, we're trying to, to do what we can to ensure that the discussion about CSECD, uh, which is the abbreviation of the Commission of the Social Development, becomes relatable for us as young people. And for this year's topic, then, it is focusing on creating full and productive employment and decent work for all as a way of overcoming inequalities. So really exciting. But before we're diving in in all the work of the CSOCD, then I will briefly just introduce our great guest, Jessica, uh, who is with us here today. And she's a youth leader and an activist and really someone who I'm really looking forward to, to hearing more about. But Jessica, before we get started, can you please introduce yourself and say a bit about what you do in your everyday life? Okay, thank you so much for this great opportunity. It's amazing to see young generation taking over and uh, you being the center of this, um, all changes that we see today, inviting me. It's a great, great honor and pleasure. I feel blessed. So my name is Jessica Mshama and I'm from Tanzania. I am an entrepreneur, but also a young leader who happens to be an ambassador of East African community and also an influencer from Our Voice, Our Future campaign. It's a global campaign that aims to um, raise voices uh, for the youth in different aspects. But mainly I um, champion women and girls economic empowerment through an organization that I run. Um, it's called Nakua na Taifalangu. It means growing with my nation, where we sensitize on empowering young girls and women for financial uh, freedom, teaching them how they can be entrepreneurs and how they can um, stand on their own and make a living out of the world that um, does not put more um, efforts to support girls and women, especially from where I come from. Majority of women and young girls are left aside and it becomes very hard to pursue their dreams. But also I happen to promote digital digital innovation and technology in our in our uh, years like in this generation because I believe the future is technology so we have to start by building um, uh, understanding of why it is important to have digital skills and te technology and innovation at the young age especially in the education um, curriculum where I happen to be a director and the founder of the first digital school in Tanzania. The school is called the Sumter Digital Nursery and 
primary school. So that's just a short biography about me. But um, in short, I love to see the world being a better place for everyone, regardless of gender, age, or a status, or even race. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I couldn't agree more on, on all of those important points and, and really also inspiring to hear all the great work that you're doing. Uh, and it's also great that you started talking about our voice, our future, because uh, in the future, uh, this podcast, Who Rules the World podcast, will work more together with the Our Voice, Our Future campaign, which is really something that we are looking very much forward to, to get a lot of more new youth voices into these podcast episodes. And I know, uh, Jessica, that you already talked a bit about Our Voice, Our Future campaign, but can you maybe say a bit more about how you actually started joining the campaign? pain and and what it is about it is an interesting journey because uh, most of us like the young change makers um we we try our level best to you know raise our voices in this in the certain just uh, maybe area maybe could be just one country but with our voice our future campaign i you meet different youth from uh, different uh, countries you know having different global aspects cultures but yet we are all thinking of how we can reimagine and replan you know have a uh, a, a future that is best for everyone. So our voice, our future campaign combines this uh, big and top influences of young people that they speak um, on things that really affect the young people's daily life and would like uh, leaders to make solutions out of this. And through our voice, our future campaign, I managed to participate on the um, United Nations General Assembly last year. And uh, this uh, was because of um, the strong leadership, I can say, because our voice, our future campaign is under European Union and uh, sharing uh, this opportunity platform, not only for understanding that uh, voices of the youth are not only for one part of the world, just that is Europe, but combining the voices of everybody that is in the globe was an amazing experience. And uh, we're looking forward to have a, a one year anniversary and our campaign had, had reached more than 55 million people globally that took took to took step step to speak out especially to influence other young people to come out and speak out what their leaders want to do and through our voice our future campaign we saw that the leaders we are committed to make uh, plans that involves youth now youth are not only people that sit and listen but now we are also given spaces to make contribution valid contribution in meaningful meetings like United Nations General Assembly and um, other meetings in the world that are crucial. So that is about our voice, our future campaign. Thank you so much. And really congratulations on the great work that you've done in the campaign. It's really impressive and incredible that you have managed uh, together with, of course, a lot of other uh, yes. amazing influences to, to reach uh, 55 million young people and people in general. Uh, that is truly great. And, and really also like the purpose of it about, you know, getting young people to dare to speak up, because unfortunately, we see a lot of young people who, who don't mm -hmm. dare to do that. So really looking forward to to following that campaign. Um, yeah, but so to, to go back to, to the focus of this uh, topic today, uh, which is really the commission of the social development uh, and, and how to, to create 
uh, more meaningful and and equal and well-paid jobs, uh, then then first of all, um, how do you, uh, Jessica, think that uh, global conferences and and things like the Commission of Social Development can actually be a step in the right direction towards ensuring and creating decent work for all across the global world? Um. According to my perspectives, and since I have been an entrepreneur for a really young age, ever since I was 17 years old, and I feel that there is still a gap of young women and women themselves to have an access on the job market that we have today. And this is particularly to, I think, um, priorities that our governments and, uh, you know, um, international organization uh, uh, put ahead. But I, I feel like if there is a, if there is a way to, to see how women and youth participation in the new job market is to bring awareness and to prioritize like um, the international bodies to actually um, advocate more on how the UN member states will prioritize the, um, the access of job market to this special group. Because as a matter of fact, um, in my experience example, you, I would, I would uh, go to the, I used to sell chicken, right? I used to sell chicken <laughs> in a, a certain supermarket, and I wake up very early in the morning, but then the complications that I come I meet in between. First of all, there's a sexual abuse out of people. They they think um, women are not uh, powerful to conduct or they're not um, strong enough to conduct businesses that are, are crowded by men. So once you're a female and you're trying to step out and be in that industry, you, you get a lot of backlash. I remember there's a day that I, I was taking an order to the shop that I had to 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 send the, the chicken order. And uh, there's a man, just because I'm a young girl, you know, and I got this tender that I have to deliver this amount of chicken. And I reached there on time. And just because I'm young, so the, the older man is like, no, you're late and these chickens are not fresh. You know, there is this kind of ma manipulation that women and girls um, pass through. So if, if, if a young girl is not strong enough, if a young woman is not bold enough, it's easy to just let go and say, perhaps this job is not meant for me. But again, looking at our economic status, we don't have a variety of choices, you know? We just have to sometimes comprehend to the obstacles and and it really affects also our mental, you know, a mental status and ability to actually work even harder. So if we can, if the country can prioritize um, and make uh, ways or means that are proper for women and girls to have uh, better ways into the market, it could be of advantage for us because it is risky and it is manipulative. And not only that, it is also sometimes it consumes a lot of time, but again, less payment. So it all goes back to the government and what our government is really um, prioritizing. Yeah, so if the UN body could actually promote this into the UN member states on the policies of women and girls into the job market, really easy the fact that women can get decent jobs. <laughs>
Thank you so much and, and really interesting and also really uh, looking forward to talking much more about the gender perspectives when it comes to creating jobs because, you know, that is so important um, and, and really also great that you're talking about your personal experiences and, and your stories because I really think that that is some of the things that uh, UN uh, forums actually needs to be better at is really showing and telling those concrete stories um so do you have any you know what can we do to actually bring more voices and and more stories like like yours to the un to to ensure that you know the global actors are actually listening to concrete problems like like the ones that you're facing in your everyday like um i would suggest right um what we could call for is the women and youth or women and girls desk like a place where we can actually be our voices can actually be hard and uh, and our struggles can actually be solved you know when they categorize us um in in the same group of this of this other gender that are um, taking advantage of us it is not really you're not really solving the problem but if you have women and youth desk you would have policies that defend women and girls you know you would have guidelines that shape the market specific to adjust the challenges that we face yeah Thank you so much and and really inspiring. So you talked about uh you know the role of governments in in really mm-hmm. uh you know acting on this. Uh, can you maybe elaborate a bit more about you know what can the UN actually do to push the governments to do more? You know what is actually the role of the UN in pushing the governments? I think the role of UN in pushing the govern- government is advoc- advocating advocating towards these real challenges and real problems that we have today. You know, it's not about paperwork, but it's about real testimonies of women and girls that suffer in trade and, uh, you know, in the markets that we have today. Leaving alone that the fact that Education is still a challenge. And we are going to another phase of digitalization. There is a gap in digitalization. And the huge gap is that less women are informed or well knowledge knowledgeable about the importance of digitalization and the world is going to the digitalization phases. So what, what, what the UN can do is to adapt and to to write um, um, uh, strategies that recommend uh, a space for women and girls in the in the job market that it's that is going to be adaptable by all United Nations member states. As long as uh, you're part of UN, I think you should be obligated to the principles that are written within. So if there is more advocacy in it, there will be more implementation. There will be more policies by each leader that that comes to addresses. There will be more commitment. So leaders have to be committed to, um, um, to shape the industry, the market that we have today for the women and girls in general. Thank you so much. And great that you already started talking about the role of gender equality. Um, so really inspiring. And also the the part about you know leaders having to do more. And this is really a, a good start for, for the next discussion, which would really be about the role of 
relationships across uh, generations when it comes to ensuring both gender equality, but also decent jobs. And for that part, I will leave it over to my co-youth delegate, Lucia Canaluti, who will ask the following questions. Hello, and yeah, it's, as Nadia said, it is great that you already highlighted a big gender injustices, also from your own personal experience when it comes to ensuring decent jobs. And I think it is safe to say that we still have a very, very long way um, in, in this field uh, to get to. Um, but of course, it is important that we foster relationships both between all genders, uh, but also between all generations when it comes to creating decent jobs. Um, and so the decent jobs can even become a reality. Um, and how would you say also from your personal experience, either from your organization between young girls and older women or across um, all genders, uh, how can partnerships and relationships across different generations contribute uh, to mitigate and overcoming all of those challenges? And also just to throw in, you already mentioned some of the main challenges that you think that young people face when it comes to decent jobs. Um, how do you think that um, this relates to intergenerational um, relationships? Thank you for the thank you for the question. I think the question is really broad and wide, but I would answer it in uh, two perspectives. And uh, the first perspective perspective is on the public sector. What we talk when we talk about public sector, we talk about the government, and this is to to again speak about the priorities of the government. The governments should have priority that um, creates better environment for economic empowerment for the youth, women, and girls. Example, um, in Tanzania, we are paid, um, um, you know, the mi minimum um, we salary uh, end of the month is uh, probably not, not less than you can say, um, a hundred dollar, not less than a hundred dollar. But then that is a developing country. But when you talk about uh, United States of America, they are paid per hour, probably seventeen dollars or to twenty twenty one dollars. So there is an economic gap and difference. So when we create, um, what we should try more or how to create this decent job is to actually advocate more, and I could say in education in education so that people can get decent job that can pay them the right amount. But not only that, you could also ask, you could also add to how you could connect the public sector and the private sector into creation of a decent job. Because the, as, as we're speaking, our government in Tanzania uh, does not have a capacity to employ all the youth who have graduated in Tanzania. But however, in Tanzania, we have so many investment opportunity. So we need more investors to come in, invest, and you know, create job, um, reliable jobs, you know, create a reliable environment for econ our economy to grow. So if there is a stronger collaboration of private and public sector, I think it's a way that we could create more decent jobs. And through United Nations, um, it's, a, it's a strong body that I believe it, if it stands and agrees to commit that uh, the, the member states should have a close um, uh, relationship and uh, 
uh, right strategy of empowerment between public and private sector. I think it will it will build a lot the gap that is that that is missing in in developing countries. However, it is not uh, it's not applicable to every country, but at least it will be applicable to us, the developing countries. Yeah, you know, investments in education sector. It's not a hundred percent for a profit, uh, winning, you know, gaining because it's a it's something that you give to 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 the people. Something it's a service that is necessary to the people. And since I'm a humanitarian, I can't really rely on adding um high school fees so I can get high profit earnings. So as a as a young um change maker, I have to think so many ways that can increase our revenue so the the fees that we we charge for the students to be minimum minimal and everyone to to achieve like example i pay myself on the school to uh, 200,000 tanzanian shillings that's almost like 70 dollars in a month so again it is it is not it is not enough for my everyday expenses, but however, I have to do that if 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 my target is to give the right service to the people and to understand the economic situation that we have today. So I could just simply say that um, a public and private sectors has a way to create decent jobs in our community. So I know that you have done a lot of really great work when it comes to digitalization and, and women's right, as you already talked about. So can you maybe elaborate a bit on what you would see that there should happen when it comes to, to gender equality and digitalization? Uh, and for all the great listeners, uh, this is really also something that relates to uh, the next conference on women's rights in March. Uh, which is really also something that the UN is focusing on. But it would just really be be interesting to to hear your thoughts on digitalization and gender. As we spoke earlier, I mentioned that there is still a gap um, with women, girls in getting the information of the importance of digitalization. Because, um, for example, I conducted training of entrepreneurship through my organization. It's a nonprofit organization where I went to uh, the region called Dodoma. Uh, and we had uh, over 200, 200 women that we trained entrepreneurship. But however, it was so hard to conduct this training because most of the information they did not have. Now, the, an entrepreneur of the world that we have today, first, she or he has to have an access of internet and how to use the internet in order to grow their businesses or however being connected with other entrepreneurs in the world. But these are the women that are um, not informed. They still use analog they they are still in their own they're still in their own um own uh, ways of, of uh, harvesting the old mode of harvesting whereby there's new technology and innovations that can you know save time and produce uh, more quantity in in agriculture and because that, that's the mainly businesses that they do so i think the areas that sh the commission should concentrate on especially in digitalization in creating um uh, social systems that can enable women and girls to get access of uh, information
that is very crucial, um, which they can rely on, on how they can grow their um, economic activities. And then also to specialize on education, education that we have, not just the sake of going to school and studying, but which kind of education is the education that provided by our countries relevant to the job market that we have today. It is not. And that's why women and girls and youth keep on getting low salary in different job markets. And then another thing also, um, uh, to, to advocate more about violence against women, gender-based violence. This is a real case. And I would say this with a lot of emotions. Um, I conduct, we conducted together with other partners and, uh, and uh, a team of youth going to Zanzibar where we sat down with uh, more than 200 um, young girls and boys telling us about how uh, the girls cannot um, access um, their education to the levels that they want because they are forced to early marriages. But not only that, even when they enter into the marriages, the, they, they become, you know, molested. They become abused. Uh, you know, all those cases, real life cases that stop them from achieving their goals. So uh, violence uh, against women is the real situation that is happening happening and it's draining the number of women that have the capacity to be at the level of decision making in our world today. So if we are the future, we should stand very firmly addressing this, especially to the member states of the United Nations. They should come with the policies that can protect women and girls and they give to give them the right to respect in the community. So we can have the real change for everybody. Every, I believe that everyone has a uniqueness in this world that can bring a positive change towards our sustainable development goals in 2030. But however, there are challenges as, just, as I've just explained. So as young girls as we are, we are the, the leaders of today, not tomorrow. So we should stand whether we, whether we feel that we're not hard or whether we feel that the world is not listening, but at least make an impact and change for one person in, in this world. And let it be a woman, let it be a girl. And on this very, very strong and very powerful note, uh, we would sincerely like to thank Jessica for taking the time and for having this conversation with us. Um, I think you're truly an inspiring young change maker, and I'm very much happy to work with you in the future and see what what you achieve and what other young girls and young female all around the world were able will able to achieve. Um, and more, of course, also will come on that topic um, in the upcoming episodes, one of which will also be focused on the Commission for the Status of Women, which will take place in March. Um, and Nadia and I are also very much looking forward to uh, host many of other Our Voice, Our Future influencers in the upcoming episodes of Who Rules the World podcast and see and hear many inspiring stories. So truly, thank you very much, Jessica, for joining us. Um, and see you in the next episode of Who Rules the World podcast. This was Who Rules the World podcast by European Union Youth Delegates, Lucia and Nadia. 
WRW coming soon with next episode on SoundCloud and other platforms.